As Hashem, we're learning Mishra and Sim Kufay and Aleph in the 419, where the Mechabit tells us, Lo Yeshev Adom Al Kupa Melea Te'enim Ugregerus. A person should not sit on a, a box, which is a bendable box, which is full of, uh, figs and, and, uh, dried figs, because of the concern that the person will sit on them and he will crush them. This is continuing from the proper Derechers we're supposed to have with food, as we had mentioned in the previous Simin, and Kufayin, we spoke about um, how we should behave during the meal. Now we're talking about how we should treat the food. So we shouldn't be uh, mistreating the food. That if we sit in the food, or rather the box, and the, it's a bendable box, then we're going to crush the food. But he can sit on an eagle of the velo, a dried, um, dried uh, cake of figs. And they say called cake the figs because it was pressed in that position, like it looked like a cake. Oh yeah, Kupa Malaya Kitneus are on a box full of hard beans. Uh, so that would not be a problem. So once again, the concern here is not to ruin the soft items of food. Says the Mishra and Sifkat in Yud Beis, Kupa Malaya Te'enim, Dafko be Kupa Shel Nitzarim, a wicker basket, that's a problem. She Nichfefes, it bends when you sit down on it. And the food gets crushed and smashed. Aval Shall eat, but if it's a if it's a hard um, box container that you're sitting on, then sure it's not a problem because you won't be ruining anything. Shall develo shehim kashim ve'inim nismachim. If it's if it's a hard food that you sit on, so it's not going to get ruined, so it's not a problem. Kitneus are also hard. Af shakupahim notzarim. Even though the basket itself is wickered, nonetheless, a kitneus ba'atzim kashim heim. The kitneus themselves are kashim. They're hard. So you can sit on them. Siv Gimel. Mechari says, Mutter lechol daisa. You can never eat grain. Perush. Chita hanik lefes. Mubesheles. Bepas. Mokam kaf. Bushi yechel apas achakach. So you're using basically uh, what came out when we learned in the morning was that silverware is actually not not too old. Okay. Uh, I don't know why it wasn't, you know, earlier. But... Uh, Silverware is, it seems like it was, uh, I don't know exactly, but, uh, more recent. So what they used to do is, they used to, um, take like the bread and eat, use the bread as like a, like a collector of the food, and then eat the, the, the food with like the bread itself as well. So we're saying it's not a problem to do that if you're gonna eat the bread as well, because now, if you don't do that, then you just be, you're gonna ruin it, right? So let's say you have like a, uh, you know, the, 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 the meat. So you're gonna take your, like, lava type of bread, scoop it up, and then eat it like that. So, once again, Gimel, Mutulechol, Daisi, Lady, the grain, Perishachita, Haniklefes, Mubusheles, the pass, the Mokam Kaf, instead of a spoon. Usha Yechal, a pass, I mean, Kaf is already a spoon, already comes in the Mechaber, so. And this is just as long as you eat the bread afterwards. Those who want to do, treat like the food the correct way possible, the best way possible, they would eat a little of the bread and not just use the bread like as a utensil, but eat the bread also when they would eat the food. That which is left over from the bread, it's appropriate to eat that as well. Says the Mishnah Rura b'Makom Kaf in Shem the Oisa Adam Srafav b'Pas Echad Eloi Memais. Like we said earlier in Sif Aleph, person is allowed to use bread as a uh, 
uh, you know, I don't want to say utensil, but as something to get the food. You take it, that's why you find many times in the Gemara that they would malafis as a pass. What, what do you eat with the bread? Like, like the, in our generation, we call it the hummus. You know, sometimes people think like by Harsina, hummus came down by Harsina, right? <laughs> some say, you know, you know, so, <laughs> some opinions, right? So, but the point is that like you have, you eat always throughout the Mishnah's Gemara, you'll find that they would eat the bread with dips and things like this. So that's the same concept over here. Just as long as, as, uh, if the bread is not getting ruined, then you can use the bread for that concept. Now, the person who's eating the bread with, with the food like this, with the grains and, and all these type of things, it's not disgusting to him, it's not getting ruined, and therefore, he's allowed to do so. Now, the Mechaber said, just as long as you eat some of the bread with it as well, because if you don't, then it could be you're just ruining, wasting the bread. He says in the Dirshu, you prusa, so sometimes, you know, you have a little, let's say, we call, go back to our hummus. And you have a little hummus on the, on the plate. And, and you want to just, you know, take the, the leftover pita or the challah, the bread, and wipe it up. So you can only do that if you can eat it. Because if not, you're using your bread like a sponge. And then it's not derech eretz for the food. So if you want to wipe up the, the food that's left on the plate and eat it with the, with the bread, that you'll have to do. If not, that's, that's not derech eretz for the food. Okay. I have here a note that, uh, an arrow with a star. So in those notes, it means it's very important. So let's see what they have to say over here. <laughs> You're not directly ruining the food, but you just don't want to eat it. Okay. What we're going to discuss now is what's called baltashlis. So baltashlis is an iser deraisa of not to waste and not to destroy like trees. It really comes from the trees, right? And many times... Many times there are people that are, you know, are quick to say, "Oh, you're wasting the food. You gotta, you have to eat the food." Baltashdus, right? So let's let's discuss a little about this baltashdus mitzvah here. He brings here the one who is minchas yitzchak. Nechel gimen simen menhei. She'enay over baltashdus afshah ha'meichel miskalkel al yideizeh. You will not be transgressing baltashdus of not ruining or wasting wasting the food. Even if the food will get ruined, in other words, let's say you are matbit to only a pas Yisrael. Okay, you want to eat bread that was turned on by a yid, by a Jew, in the fire, right? Pas Yisrael. So, if you're not going to eat that that bread. So maybe it's going to get thrown out. Is that baltashkas? So he says, no, that's not called baltashkas. If for you, it, it, you're makbid on this, so that's not called baltashkas for you not to eat it. He says also, Rishlom Zaman, he brings here, Rishlom Zaman Orbach was also had the same opinion. For example, in a situation where you're allowed to uproot a tree, which is the source of 
the iser of not wasting is by trees. The custom is not to water the tree. First, you let it dry out, and then you approve it. Then brings from Moshe Feinstein, The Torah did not obligate you from saving things from getting ruined. This is the main point we want to bring out over here. The Torah says, don't actively ruin something. Don't actively ruin something. But if you don't want something, that's not called baltashtas. If you take the food and, and you, you, you destroy it, that, you know, you, you're playing games with the food and you ruin the food, that's called baltashtas. That means that you're, you're ruining the food. But if you're not actively doing that, that's not called baltashtas. Okay. So, back inside, and he says, those who want to do it the best way, they'll eat a little of the bread along with the food as well. The near kilo because then it looks like the reason why you're using the bread is for the purpose of of like a, like a utensil, and then you're also eating from the bread as well. <coughs> so, yes. So you could do something else. Yeah, hundred percent. You could always give the bread to someone else. Um, in the previous halacha, I spoke about. Um, well, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, you mentioned it's, it's, the bottles of food. Sorry. Right, right, bottles. But I also spoke about that. There's a discussion that um, right right above this was talking about that we should not give animals to eat from the same food that people eat from. Because then it's it's um, it's not respectful for people that the animal, the dog, is eating from the same food that you eat from, right? So then we explain the point to some that's only if it's not your animal. Um, but here, but we mentioned that in the previous year that if the food is getting ruined, it's going to spoil, then you could give it to the animal. That's that's not an issue. So yeah, anytime you don't have you. You don't have to like let the food get ruined, but the point is that it's not called baltashas for you not to eat it. So let's say there's food on the plate, right? People say, "Oh, you have to finish the food, or else you're wasting." And it's an isra baltashas. So we're saying over here is that's not that's incorrect. The fact that you're not eating the food, the way we're learning now, is the fact that you're not eating it is not called I'm wasting. It. Right? You hear what's going on? Yeah. I mean, once again. There is, there is a concept we don't want to waste food, that, that, but that's not what we're discussing here. The isra about tashas. And that which is left over from the bread, the Ramah says you can eat it. You should eat it. The lachem hunim is because other people are not going to want to eat from that bread that you use as your, uh, you know, malafes as your gathering of the food. So obviously you should eat it. Sivdal mechaber says they had some custom back then. To to make the chasam kala happy, they had some clean pipes ornament that they would put wine through it. Sounds interesting, right? And then the wine would come out to the bottom, and they would catch the wine in some bucket. Now, before you try this, <laughs> practice it at home before you want to do something like this. We bring this back. I'm sorry. We should bring this back. Yeah, yeah. Bring this custom back. You bring your custom back. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you know how to do it. 
Um, make sure you catch the wine. In other words, it's not a problem to do this, just as long as you don't waste the wine here. He says there in the Mishnah and the they would do this as a sign for good things for the Chasna. Okay. So it was a sign of good things for the wedding, for the future, that uh, they should have tranquility and, and, and peace. We're talking about the pipes were clean pipes made out of uh, wood that they would not get uh, disgusting. Because if you don't have a bucket, it ties in beautifully with what we just said, then you're directly ruining the wine. That's Baal now. You, you can't waste wine like that. So you'll say, well, I'm making the chas and kala happy. Okay, so very nice. But you're still wasting wine. Right? So you have to have the bucket underneath to catch it. Uh, he says here, this that people rinse the case of bracha, let's say make kiddush, and then someone else wants to make kiddush, and he wants to rinse out the, the becher first. He says shiavres amayim al einov kadei shalishpoich yain shal bracha laaretz l'makom abizayim. He says first put some of the brings the the, the base yisef here. Bring, first put a little of the wine. On your eyes, like we do by Abdullah. I mean, I think it's more by Abdullah. Shiyavar Samayim says like this. Aleinav, um, he says, put a little water on your eyes. You don't want to just pour it on the ground. So uh, he brings by Abdullah as well. Those who have the custom to pour, he says, don't bring this home to your house if it's not your custom. To pour wine on the ground, on your floor, by Havdalah. Uh, I've seen this before. Okay? Especially if white carpet, don't do it. So he says here, Before he finishes making the bracha, because the Gemara says any house that doesn't have an overflow of wine like water is not a good sign of bracha. And they do this as a good sign for the coming week that there should be like bracha in the house. So, so that was one minute. So the minute was, the minute, some people, like I said, I, I've seen them before. First time I saw it, I was a little taken aback. Overflow and the wine f- falls on the ground. It was it wasn't a carpet. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and and once again, it's it's, it's to have a, a sign of overflowing bracha. And so the point is, we're saying it's not baltashos. It's not wasting anything. Okay, it's not it's not wasting the wine. Um, we also had the custom many that when you pour the avdala, that's exactly what you're doing. You're overflowing the cup, and the wine overflows on the plate. And you put out the fire with the wine. You um, put a little of the wine by your eyes 
and some put in their pockets as well. And all this is to show chib of mitzvah that you love the mitzvah, you're, you're, you're loving the mitzvah. It's also a shmira, protection, a protection because you just did a mitzvah. So you're taking the mitzvah with you and you're going away now. You're supposed to protection as well. It's brought, brought down the Gemara like this. Okay. Now, one more point on this. When you come to the, the Makis on Seder night, Pesach. So in Simon Tafai and Gimel Zayin, it says that we have to cost them to take out a little wine. Right? Take out a little wine by each Makkah. So he says, To take out with your finger, when you come, and also, if, let's say, a person's uncomfortable, he sticks his finger in the cup. So, so he's not going to drink the rest of it. That's really a, fastidious person, right? And saying, his mommy really bothers him if he puts his own finger in his cup. So he says here, You can pour a little, actually just tilt it. Or, or some people, what they do is they'll use a little spoon, they'll take out a little with the spoon, they don't want to get their fingers dirty. Okay. So he says, back inside in the Mishnabrura, Siv Kotun Chof Aleph, Where he says over here, he says back in Mechaber, there was a custom that they would throw um, toasted grain and and nuts in the summertime because it wouldn't get ruined. But not in the winter season because he throw on the ground and those days the floors were more uh, earth and if it's the winter time that means it's raining. And then the, the, the grains and the, and the nuts that you throw will get ruined. Don't throw pieces of cake. Okay, this is once again by the Chassan. It's a famous story that, uh, uh, one of, <coughs> one of the Chassan who just got, ma- <coughs> excuse me, just got married and he eats his soup. He leans forward, eats his soup and he finds some grain in the soup and he's, very upset. What kind of family did he marry into? It's Pesach. There's grain in the soup. So I went to Rabbi Yezuch Chaim Zanfeld and it's a Rav in Yerushalayim early 1900s and he says give me a strimal. Takes a strimal and he gives it a big zest. And the grain that we're talking about here, the parched kernels, the parched grain comes flying out. That's why it made me think of the story here. And what happened was he just got married by his chast, by the ofrof they threw as a simon taif, as a bracha, they threw this parched grain. And it got struck, stuck in the strangle. You should, you know, shalmis, they have strangles, not just chasidim. And, and, and that was, that was the problem. He himself came off from his hat. And it fell into the soup. <laughs> okay. Back inside, we said over here. Throwing candies at, like, uh, like that isn't, uh, designed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if the candy is not going to get ruined, right? 
um, then 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 uh, we're saying it's not a problem. You talking about if you buy an ofra or something like that? Yeah, it's better to use soft things also. Have rachmanus and the chasen, <laughs> or, or everybody else is going to get pelted uh, instead of the chasen. Um, yeah, yeah. So sifkan chaf olive, where the mechaber says that you shouldn't throw these items in the winter time because the concerns that they get ruined and flo- when they fall on the floor. Even though the nuts have a shell. And the food, the meat of the, the nut, is not going to get ruined in the winter time if it hits the floor. Now, once again, winter time is when it rains. That's understanding. When it rains, the, the, the ground is very dirty. There's mud and everything else. There's a, there's a, there's a loss of the food. Rather, so there are those says the Mishnah Rura brings down here that had the custom of throwing raisins, and he says that's not a good idea. The, it, it gets ruined the raisin, the raisin gets ruined. They're soft, and I mean just just think of the items that they hit. Also, I mean if it's not in the bag. It's going to stain the svarim, the sedorim. Doesn't discuss that, but that also is a problem. Okay. Sif hey, mechaber says hazorikim chitim lifnei chasanim. Those who throw this, what we spoke about the story, the the wheat in front of the chasanim. Sarech lizar shelo yizuku ella b'makom naki. Only throw it in a clean place. We got mechab the way some misham gilei shelo yidrusu aleim. And after you throw it in a clean place, you want to pick it up. So in those days, they would throw the wheat kernels as a simon for a bracha for the chasen, and then they would go gather together afterwards to use them. Okay, nowadays, as Jared pointed out, we use soft candies, hopefully soft, and and uh, we put into bags so uh, it doesn't get ruined. Okay, simon kufayin base. Let's see a little further here. The chaver says mishehichnes achlen umashkin lepiv. So, as being human that we are, we sometimes make a mistake, and we might put the food in our mouth, and then after we started chewing, or we have the drink in our mouth, we realize, I didn't make a bracha. So the question is, what do you do now? So the answer to that question says, it is, it depends what type of food item we're discussing. We're going to see there are a few different categories. If it's something you can take out of your mouth, and it's not utterly disgusting, and you're not and you'll still eat it afterwards. So you can take it out of your mouth and put it back in. Okay? Let's just use an example. Take a bite of a Danish. Take a bite of a Danish. You take a bite of a sponge cake. You realize, oh, I didn't make a bracha. So you discreetly take it out and make a bracha. Nothing really happened over there, right? But uh, give me an example. Something which is, uh, you don't want to take it out after you took a bite of a Danish. You were chewing the Danish. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Thank you. So you were chewing the Danish and you're enjoying the, the sweets of the Danish and you realize, I didn't make a bracha. So now now what do you do? Okay. Does it matter if you're alone? Um, we'll see. We'll see. It makes a difference if you're alone or not. Or what happens if you take a drink? Then what do you do? You can't like, you're not going to spit it out in your hand and put it back in your mouth. Okay. So Mechavri said like this. You forgot. And you... Put a liquid in your mouth without a bracha. Boil on, you swallow it. 
Let's you taking one drink, and that was the one drink, and you put it in your mouth, you forgot to make a bracha. He says, swallow it. You do make a bracha, and that, he says, is the correct approach. Okay, let's take a look at the Mishra here in Siv in Aleph, Bailon, you swallow, she actually left fault, and you can't spit it out, because it's disgusting, and you're going to lose the drink. You're not going to have the drink anymore. So we're going to see in the next Allah in Siv Beis, if it's a food, with your Danish, that you start chewing already, and you can't take it out of your mouth, so you put it to one side of your mouth, one, one, one side of the cheek. Then you make the bracha. You can't really do that with liquid. You can't keep a liquid one side of your mouth, open your mouth, make a bracha. It's not going to work. <laughs> okay? So that's why he's saying you swallow it. If you can't speak when the waters or the liquids in your mouth. Therefore, the the chiddush is that you're allowed to drink it. So the, right. As opposed to, to as opposed to waste it. In other right. words, the bigger chiddush is that I didn't make a bracha. I'm allowed to get enjoyment out of this drink without making a bracha because I don't want to come to waste it. Right? This whole discussion, the understanding is that that is the only drink you have. You know, the, the, the amount of liquid that's in your mouth. Yeah. So, if you have more, and, you know, then it's a different question to spit that out, you know, if it's maybe a small amount. But we're saying here, you're permitted to drink it, to swallow it. Because of the writes, So he says, if you only put a little sip in your mouth, and you realize, oh, I forgot to make a shakal. And if sometimes you only have a liquid in your mouth, you can still make a bracha. And you can still talk, open your mouth, and make a bracha. So you should do that. So the case was, you put the liquid in your mouth and you swallow it, and you don't make a you don't make a bracha. You show him the chosre dafka kesheim la mash lishtois vuhudachuk the mashkin halalu. Like we said, there's no other liquid to drink, and you, and you're very thirsty. You need to drink this. But like we said, if you do have more, spit it out and make the bracha before you drink the rest. Very practical halachas uh, here. Siv gimel, siv katan gimel, rather, bracha rishayna. You're not going to make a bracha rishayna if you have the liquid in your mouth. The miachar, shekavar bola mash, after you already swallowed it. Kvar nidchom, you meant the mitzvah's bracha rishayna. So here's the case. Once again, you put the water in your mouth, the water's in your mouth, you realize you didn't make a bracha rishayna. So we're saying you're permitted to swallow it. And afterwards, that's the only water you have. You don't make a, you don't make a bracha rishayna. There's nothing left anymore. But if you have the right amount that you drank, then you are obligated to still make a bracha achrayna. They're not connected. If you didn't make a bracha rishayna, let's say you forgot to wash, and you had a delicious bagel, and then afterwards you realize, wait a minute, I have to bench. Do I have to bench? I didn't wash. That's of course you have to bench. Why of course? Because, okay, you made one mistake. Doesn't mean you make two mistakes. Right? Now, now, now you bench. Some say, no, there are you do make a bracha rishayna. What does this mean? 
The Ramah says, you still do make a bracha rishayna, the first bracha on the water that you already swallowed. Even though you don't have any more water. It's not similar to that which we learned earlier. So over there we learned that a person realized after he finished eating his meal that he didn't make a bracha rishayna. Over there we said, he does not go back and make a new bracha. Why? So how come over here we're saying, the Ramah says you should drink, you should make a bracha on the water. But over there he says you don't go back and make a new bracha after you finish eating on the food that you never made a bracha on. Because when did you remember that you didn't make a bracha? When the water was in your mouth, when the apple juice, the orange juice was in your mouth. So it's an interesting svara here. We're talking about a case specifically, you remembered that you didn't make a bracha when the beverage is in your mouth. So now, we're saying that brings more of an obligation for you to make the bracha rishayna, to make a bracha on it, even after you swallow it. So in a sense... It's still like you're doing an action, you're swallowing, then the bracha is not connected, as opposed to the case where you already swallowed it, and then you realized that you never made a bracha. That's how he's learning over here. That's correct. According to the Ramah, that until this complete consumption, that you didn't totally eat everything or drink everything here, According to Ramah, you can still make the bracha. According to the Mechaber, no. And now, the Ramah says that if you're ready, if you have it in your mouth, and you realize that after you swallow, you can still make the bracha. However, the Vedas Rav Apaisim Kedeya Rishayna. She'enu avarech rak bracha achrayna im shos ha'keshir v'cheniskim el yirabba. Okay, now, the the Mishnah says, we pass him, the Minig is the passing like the Mechaber. Meaning Ashkenazim as well. Okay. Do not make a bracha after you after you swallow it already. Uh, even even if you realize when it was in your mouth. Oh, what you're saying? Yes. So even if at the moment the Danish, you bit it, you chewed it a little bit, you haven't swallowed. Well, the food we can get to the next halacha. Oh, gotcha. Food is next. Halacha. We're talking specifically drinks over here. Gotcha. So let's see right away. It's a short halacha. You forgot and you put the food in your mouth without a bracha. If it's someone which is not going to be disgusting, then if you, if you, if you, if you spit it out, you flatten it out, right? So you took a bite of the Danish, you realize, you take it out right away. The imhu davish and nimus, if it's something which is disgusting, if you take it out, you already have five bites of uh, the Danish, you chewed it up well, you put it to one side of the cheek, and you make the bracha. Right? In other words, technically you should do that with the water also. There's just a, is an, an, an ability to do that, right? Because you're, the Mishru says in Sivkot and Vav, Shayna Nimos could go and pull in, he's talking about maybe like hard beans or something like this. Um, or, or like once again, you take one bite of the Danish, you realize, oh, you forgot to make a broccoli. You take a bite of the apple. You, you eat the apple, take a bite, you take one bite, and you realize that you make a broccoli. So you just take it out. It's not disgusting. Right? You just basically, it's a piece of apple that you just broke off from the apple itself. But once you started chewing it, five bites, you don't want, Apple sauce. <laughs> it's applesauce. <laughs> Could you get to the point where you're eating an apple and you have one last bite, and then at that point you're like, "Oh, wait a second. If you if you realize yeah, one last bite that you did not make the bracha, still you still make the bracha. You still make the bracha because at that point you're now at a situation where you cannot derive benefit from that apple without making a bracha. 
So even if there's one last bite left to go, you still make a bracha. He says here, if you can spit it out, take it out, because your mouth should be clean and empty the time when you make a bracha. The Gemara tells us, you, you'll fill your mouth with Hashem's praise because of Eshkol, from here we learn, this we make a bracha, when a person makes a bracha, he should make a bracha with a clean, full mouth. And 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 then he says here, if it's something which is like like berries, you take a take a bite of a strawberry, and you start to chewing a couple of bites, and you realize, uh oh, you're not going to sweat at the strawberries. You got a big mess in your hand. So, so uh, if you can't, you know, masalik to the side echad, you put it on one side of your mouth and you make the bracha. Ideally, it's best to take it out. Now, I want to point something out. You have a situation sometimes when if, if a lady, they have the jewelry, the right, a lot of rings, and they have to take off the rings when, they, when they're washing their hands. Sometimes what they do is they put it in their mouth. They don't want to like put it down on the counter. You ever seen this? They put the, the, the rings in their mouth. Okay. And then what's next? Now what's next is they wash their hands. Then before you dry the hands, making a bracha. Um, all right? I'm not going to try to demonstrate, but they're making a bracha while the rings are in their lips. That is totally incorrect. And you see over here. He's saying that you shouldn't make a bracha when something's in your mouth, or when your, your lips are are not able to be opened properly all the way. That is not a way to make a bracha.